Welcome back to season one of Snubs and Dubs. We're talking the Snubs and Dubs at the 69th Academy Award for Best Picture. I'm your host, Kyle Tobiason, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jason Miller. Jason, how are you doing today? Oh, Kyle, I'm doing great. <laughs> we just recorded a secret thing yeah. <laughs> that was full of laughter oh my and God. fun times. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that some of the energy is going to carry over it's a little gonna, bit. It's going to so. be a little bit of a goofy episode because <laughs> we just had a goofy time. Yeah, I've already failed three times to try and get this introduction done. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh. this was the order that we needed to pick to make it make sense so we didn't yeah. have to, you know, set up, do James, and then take it down, watch the movie, set back up. But like, it's it's going to have its effects. So, yeah. Uh, stay tuned to uh, the episode before the finale, but it's going to oh. be good times. Yeah. Jason, did you watch anything in the last week? I did watch a couple things. Good, because I didn't. I'll just oh, get that right out of the wow. way. I kicked in the new year just with nothing, That's except okay. the one we're talking about today. That's There's nothing wrong with that. What I did watch, though, first of all, I watched Don't Look Up. Great. Okay, we it can talk about good. it. It yeah. was pretty good. I really liked uh, DiCaprio's character, actually. Yeah. I thought he was really fun. Uh, DiCaprio does a really good job playing him. Um, mm. I didn't care that much about Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence's character. Yeah. yeah, she was fine, whatever. But like, I felt like that was just kind of like a lot of Jennifer Lawrence's characters were like that. So yeah. it wasn't like anything crazy. Um, the story was good. Yeah. It was like a little, uh, it was a little on the nose. I didn't like a lot of the uh, metaphor of using like the giant asteroid because it's like, it's convenient mm-hmm. and it's clean. And I think like you lose a lot of the reason of why you're making this movie when you make the issue be so clean cut obvious. Yeah. But whatever, like it's fine. Like it makes this point. It's not bad. No, it, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's a, yeah, it's a silly movie. It's good. I liked it. Yeah. Overall, like that's like a 6.5 yeah. out of 10. That's yeah, fair. Sure. Yeah. It was good. I'd I watch it again, probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of, I liked it a lot and I, I did kind of appreciate that it was on the nose. Yeah. I think it knew what kind of movie it had to be. Yes. Even though like it is abundantly clear that mm-hmm. this is, you know, an allegory for climate change and whatever. Yeah. But um, I did enjoy it and I really liked the performances. I think it was like frustrating in a good way yeah and also like funny there was like ron perlman in a couple scenes it's just so racist oh and it's it's just like oh my god like but they that's like they just went for it they just went for the caricature versions of um of this type of thing yeah really laid it out i felt like when they had the general charge them for the snacks that were supposed to actually be free yeah that was really funny yeah and i thought that was like a cooler note I didn't really love the scene of Ron Perlman. Was is that his name, the actor? Yeah, Ron Perlman. Yeah, of him just kind of being racist in the shuttle. I feel like yeah. was maybe a little too much. Like that yeah. didn't really do anything other than like just be racist. Yeah, those were more of the cringe moments. Whereas yeah, there's other moments painfully. where it is genuinely funny. Yeah, 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 and there are some really like funny moments about it. I really there was a couple of things that are like really actually worthwhile watching. I'd say watch this movie. I'd yeah, say for sure. I yeah. say watch it too. Um, I remember the first time when you watched this and I didn't watch this yet, you told me at the like the double post credit mm-hmm. scene um, that there'd be like a fun combination of characters. I didn't know what you meant. Okay. Was that? Oh, so, guess, what, do we want, it's not really. Spoiled. Okay. Yeah. There's, okay. So if you haven't watched Don't Look Up, just yeah, skip ahead skip, like a whatever. minute and a half or whatever. Yeah. But there's two post credit scene. The first one is them arriving on an alien planet. Yeah. And I just thought it was so funny mm-hmm. how everyone in there is 
old as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like old rich people. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and you're like, this is who you expect is going to repopulate a yeah. whole planet. A bunch of barren people who yeah. are too old to procreate. I was like, that was like so funny to me. Yeah, I was like, was. it wasn't like, obviously they get fucking mangled by yeah. creatures afterwards until they all, they all die. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, it was just so funny to me. It, they didn't even have to do that. It was just so funny to me. The inevitability yeah. of this like failure for them, mm-hmm. but it just made so much sense because those would be the type of people yeah. that would pay to be, you know, it's to escape the planet on a fucking mm-hmm. ship and put in, put into cryo sleep. It'd almost be funnier if they just leaned into that instead of having them get murdered. Yeah. Well, the murder is still funny. It is still good. Mm-hmm. It would have been really funny if they just had that sinking realization that they can't continue the population of earth because no one present can have children. Yeah. They're all too old. <laughs> They're all too old. Yeah. So funny. The Jonah Hill one was kind of fine. It was yeah, just was like, fine. oh, yeah. he's alive. Okay, cool. Yeah. You kind of expected something silly like that, but it was good. Yeah. yeah. Jonah Hill was actually pretty good. He was funny in that too. Yeah. He had a good character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else you watch? I watched Little Women. Is that the name of the movie? Oh, the 2019 one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. I, that was our New Year's movie for some reason. It was good. Hell yeah. It was actually really well done. It's a Christmas Florence- type movie. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. actually. So that makes sense. Florence Pugh is so good. I fucking love God, Florence she's Pugh. so good. I love her so much. Yeah. She was in... um black widow but then also in hawkeye yeah i and yeah obviously little women but yeah. she's just oh, and she's like she's our age it makes no do you know who she's dating right now who's she dating right now the guy from scrubs turk is his name i don't know anything about scrubs oh, hold on you'll recognize this guy zach braff is oh, okay. dating florence Pugh. zach braff on florence Pugh's 26th birthday said he feels very lucky to know her he obviously 46 wow yeah okay yeah. Interesting. Good for Zach Braff. Yeah. God damn, dude. Damn. That blew my mind. I did not know mm-hmm. that, that Zach Braff and Florence Pugh were dating, but they are. Happy for him. Uh, incredibly jealous. Yeah. The time. yeah. <laughs> God, I love Florence Pugh. So good. There's a fun fact that I learned about Florence Pugh because in Little Women, I think there's like mm-hmm. eating scenes. Yeah. And yeah. I guess Florence Pugh has like when there's food that she needs to eat on set, she'll just fucking eat a load of it. Because <laughs> yeah. like a lot of actors, they take a bite and then they have a spit bucket. So they're mm-hmm. not eating so much. Because that's got to weigh you down yeah. eventually. But I guess she just fucking just keeps eating. Good for her. And, and there was like a scene in Hawkeye where she gets this like this bucket of mac and cheese mm-hmm. and she like dumps sriracha on it. And I guess that was just like her way of eating mac and cheese. And she just <laughs> ate the pot of mac and cheese. You take him for that free lunch. <laughs> Hell yeah, girl. Yeah. Even more respect. Everything. Thing we hear about Florence Pugh, I get more right. respect I for know, her. Right. Yeah, and nice to see Emma Watson and stuff. Yeah, because she's still so good. Mm-hmm. But I think she's like at the celebrity level where she can pick and choose absolutely what she wants to do. Yeah, and she picks and chooses right. That was a good choice. I, yeah. I really liked her in this. And obviously, Saoirse Ronan is oh, another person that I, I really love. Yeah, another so actress, good. and her and Timmy. Obviously, mm-hmm. like Timmy's in here too, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, he's also really yeah, good in this. Yeah. Although, like him playing like a little British boy is like that's what he was born to do. <laughs> he was a little British boy. <laughs> he was um, good in Don't Look Up too. He was in there very briefly. Yeah, because uh, he's dating um, Jennifer Lawrence's character, right? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, like they like me, and briefly, then they start yeah. like making out and fucking in the middle of the street because mm-hmm. whatever they're all gonna die. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Jennifer Absolutely. Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> and Timmy. <laughs> and I'd make sure Timmy's there. Yeah. My little British boy. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked Little mm. Women. It was just such a pretty movie. Yeah. You're right in that world. It's really well done. All the acting's incredible. Mm-hmm. Good job, Little Woman. Yeah. Greta um, Gerwig. She's good. Yeah. But- Did you watch Lady Bird? 
Yes. Okay. Oh, same oh, same director. So, yeah. So good. Yeah. I love Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. That, I can't remember what year that was out. Was, was that twenty fifteen or sixteen? Yeah, it was either fifteen yeah. or sixteen. That was one of my top movies from that year. That was such yeah. a good movie. It was really good. Yeah. Can't wait to see more Greta Gerwig stuff because yeah, she's, she's just kind of been doing banger yeah. after banger. If you ask me. <laughs> uh, but that's all I've watched. That's other all you than watch? The titular movie. Mm-hmm. And the bonus episode movie. <laughs> and the bonus, we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> well, let's just get into it. Of course, the season one of Snubs and Dubs is covering the films from the year 1996. And so for episode 23, holy shit, we're so close to the end. Wow. We are talking about James and the Giant Peach. Have you seen this one before? No, I thought I did for some reason. I have not. I oh. think I've seen like clips of it though, because yeah. like I'm really familiar with a couple scenes. Yeah. Um, but I've never actually watched the entire movie before. Hmm. Have you? Yes, but a very long time ago. That makes sense. Like long enough to the point where it also felt kind of like watching it for the first time again. Yeah. But because there was stuff that I forgot about it. I completely forgot there was live action elements to this movie. Oh yeah. Cause there's kind of fleeting. They like start end, and then like the yeah. whole middle is all, is it claymation? It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's stop animation. animation. They so, yeah, have yeah. figures and everything, so yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just totally kind of blanked those parts from my mind because I yeah. think the claim, uh, the now it's in my head, the stop motion animation is so good and like the more kind of impactful stuff. Yeah. So I have seen it way long ago though. Mm-hmm. If you were interested in James and the Giant Peach or the book it was based on by Roald Dahl, Ooh. I've included the links to the physical media related to it in the show notes. If you buy it through that link, it'll help out our show. Or if you have any other Amazon shopping to do, follow the general link to help out our show in the process. Reminder, this is going to be a spoiler-filled conversation, so if you haven't seen James and the Giant Peach yet, or read the book, and you want to, go ahead and do so, but without further ado, let's get into it. Featuring stop-motion animation and live-action, this inventive adaptation of Roald Dahl's beloved children's tale follows the adventures of James, an orphaned young British boy. Forced to live with his cruel aunts, James finds a way out of his bleak existence when he discovers an enormous enchanted peach. After rolling into the seas inside the buoyant fruit, James, accompanied by a crew of friendly-talking insects, set sail for New York City. James and the Giant Peach is directed by Henry Selick, is written by Carrie Kirkpatrick, Jonathan Roberts, and Stephen Bloom, based on James and the Giant Peach by Roald Dahl. It stars Paul Terry as James, Simon Callow as Grasshopper, Richard Dreyfus as Cinepede, Jane Leaves as Ladybug, Joanna Lumley as Aunt Spider, Miriam Margolis as Aunt Sponge, Susan Sarandon as Spider, Pete Postlewaite, Postlethwaite? Oh my god, that's a hard name. Pete Postlethwaite? <laughs> Postal T-H-Waite-E. I guess, yeah. I guess so, sure. Wait, as sure. Old Man, and David Thulis as Earthworm. It is a runtime of 79 minutes, making it oh, the shortest baby. movie we'll talk about this season, and released on April 12th, 1996. Jason, mm-hmm. what do you think of James the Giant Peach? It's really lovely. I love the animation that went into this. It's just so enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're starting a movie at 79 minutes, you're in friendly territory. (laughs) I already really like you. So you have a lead to lose at that point. Yeah. What do you think of it? I liked it too. I really like the voice cast. If you didn't tell me that the centipede was voiced by Richard Dreyfuss, I would not have known. No, he was not really good in that. Yeah, and he kind of was going into this like Brooklyn, New York type accent yeah. that like it just really worked for this character who's just like so larger than life, but also like 
pretending to be that. But he's faking it. Yeah. yeah. You know, hey, he's walking here. <laughs> but is he really? Yeah. We don't know. Not really. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> but he will yeah. be. I really liked it too. I thought it was just pleasant. Yeah. I, it was completely harmless. Oh, um, yeah. I, I don't think this is like... It's not one that blows me away. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into stop motion animation. And yeah. every time I see it, I'm just blown away, especially when I look behind the scenes and look at how they do it. Oh, I would fucking love, masterful. I would love a behind the scenes of James yeah. and the Giant Peach. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten so good at it, too. Like, yeah. uh, have you seen Kubo and the Two Strings? Um, no, but I know I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen behind the scenes of it mm-hmm. because it's so cr- No, yeah. I have seen that. I yeah. have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I've also really watched good. a bunch of behind the scenes stuff because I watched the movie yeah, and really yeah, like the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's incredible the art that goes behind mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like honestly, I I they need to do more stop motion animation. I yeah. think it's it's not as popular of a medium because 3D animation is taken off so in such a big way. Mm-hmm. Like I think a movie like Kubo just got buried recent like in the last I say recently, but I think it's 5 years ago now. Yeah. But like because people don't go to see them and yeah. like it's just so unfortunate because so much craft goes into oh, it. Oh, it's so beautiful too. It looks it has a different look than animation like you know yeah. when you're watching stop motion because it just looks so pretty and there's just yeah. so many small parts that go into it. But it's probably time effective, like better to just animate it and you can get a bit more control over everything at once and whatnot. Yep. But it's so pretty when you do stop motion well. And like, because you're capturing it in an actual camera. Yeah. It's like, it's tangible. You can Mm -hmm. see these characters and interact with them and they like, they move in interesting ways. And I just just love the medium so much. You know what? Stop motion. Don't stop motion. (laughs) (laughs) Go motion. Great. Well, do you want to jump into the plot of this movie? This Let's, very brief plot, I'm assuming? Yeah, it's, I mean, pretty tight movie. Yeah. Pretty quick movie. Yeah. Pretty quick plot. The movie opens with the titular James of the Giant Peach fame laying on the beach with his parents, finding shapes in the clouds passing overhead. James finds a camel, a train engine, and then James' dad finds an ad plug for the Empire State Building before selling James <laughs> on a cross-Atlantic vacation to New York City. Thank God they found that cloud when they did because if dad was just waiting for like an Empire State Building shaped cloud to go by, it could have been a while. <laughs> just delayed the inevitable. It's like, James, we're going to stay here till we see the right cloud. Damn it. I have a fun transition. Uh, but trouble strikes before they're able to set sail as James' parents get eaten by a rhinoceros and James gets sent to live off with his aunts Sponge and Spiker. Like that one Rihanna song says... As ants tell James to put his body to work, 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 nice. work. Let my body do work, work, <laughs> work. Uh, While taking a break from his back-breaking child labor, James still <laughs> dreams about traveling to New York. When Spiker and Sponge catch James having hopes and dreams, they make sure to smash those and his map into tiny little bits and pieces while threatening James with the rhino coming back to get him to if he misbehaves. Horribly cruel. That's just, just horribly cruel. When someone's parents are murdered by, uh, by a rhinoceros, you don't talk about it in front of them. You have to be really respectful about that. It's a sensitive yeah. topic matter. Could you imagine your parents like die mm-hmm. of like a disease? Like your parents both die of cancer. Yeah. And your aunts are like, if you don't do this labor, <laughs> the cancer will yeah. come for you. You keep smoking. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> just horrible. And yeah. like, okay, is it a rhino or is it a storm? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> it's both <laughs> because like, yeah, I, I think in the actual book, because mm-hmm. I was flipping through some of the preview pages of the book, it's an actual rhinoceros. 
Oh. But in the movie, they make it so that it kind of seems like a weather event yeah. that James interprets as a rhinoceros because they did some sort of cloud mm-hmm. watching and figuring out the shapes. He interpreted it as a rhinoceros. Yeah. And but so- also, everyone accepts that it was a rhinoceros that killed yeah. his parents. But then I think those insects are also maybe a figment of his imagination through magic probably and so like they all accept that it's a rhinoceros mm-hmm. because he accepts it's a rhinoceros yeah i mean i don't think you can really fly to new york city in a giant peach <laughs> think maybe this kid was on something or other <laughs> there was something in that uh that bag that that old man yeah. gave him other than magic <laughs> powder it was some kind of magic powder Ooh, but. Yeah. <laughs> or it was just escaping traumatic child abuse <laughs> Who knows? With drugs. <laughs> yeah, with drugs. <laughs> okay. One way to cope. <laughs> yep, that is one way to cope. For dinner that night, James is served cooked fish heads, which he ignores in favor of licking take-up bags from the trash can. But whom amongst us hasn't had a little raccoon dinner every now and then? <laughs> James gets distracted when a spider appears in his windowsill, and he promises to be its friend. Aw. James then turns the paper bag into a little hot air balloon while singing a song with a very bold vocal range for a child of that age. Yeah. I don't know if he really hits every note. I don't know how you can ask a child to. That was yeah. uh, quite the song. He did pretty well. He did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Also, quick inter 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Inter- inter- Absolutely. Here. How do they do this spider? Was it also stop motion? Because this spider I was immaculate. It, it was just fit so right good. into this yeah, world. Yeah. I don't know. I'm assuming that it was. Yeah, because we would have noticed if it was CG. Yeah. If because it, was, it would have looked bad. You couldn't have CG'd the whole spider for sure. No. Maybe it was just really good, really good stop motion. Yeah. Because that spider was crazy good. Yeah. But so was every every bit of this. Which True. Is so masterful. Craft is on point here. It is on point. Right. Yeah. Continue. And sends the hot air balloon flying into the night sky, littering this jerk <laughs> he deserves everything he got imagine uh he lands in new york city and the cop finds him and he's like well actually we got you on a charge of littering here <laughs> yeah, we so to we're gonna you. have <laughs> and you're back to britain kid. sorry orphan <laughs> you're going back to britain for littering no timothy chalamet's there <laughs> uh, it's funny timmy is actually going to be in a rolled doll uh, oh, property really? with Wonka. That's funny. He's playing a like prequel Willy Wonka mm-hmm. before he starts a chocolate factory. That's a good pull. Because I there's canonically, I think who was the last Willy Wonka? Was that Johnny Depp? Was, that was Johnny Depp. No. Johnny Depp also has a dagger for a chin. So having like mm. Timothy Chalamet do that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Interesting. He's in a lot of stuff. He needs to be in more stuff. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> the next morning, Spiker and Sponge try to kill the spider in James' room, but get clean suplex down the staircase, putting <laughs> hell in a cell to shame. Uh, while the two sisters tussle, James rescues the spider and places her outside to save her. When a man interrupts him to return the bag he had littered last night, but now filled with magical crocodile tongues. I love this character name is just like the old man. Yeah. Because it's literally... An old man. He's just an old man <laughs> with crocodile tongues. The man warms James not to let them run away from him. But of course, within seconds, James biffs his shit all over the floor. And the crocodile tongues say, see you in a while. As his aunts figure out how they want to beat his ass for having fallen over, they get distracted by a peach growing on their otherwise barren tree that has now gone to full Kardashian proportions of peach. 
Uh, Spiker and Sponge see this as a fruitful opportunity to make some cash. Nice. Thank you. And turn the peach into a tourist attraction, which obviously James has to clean up after. Uh, While picking up litter, a good punishment for, you know, littering, James is led to the backside of the peach by another crocodile tongue. The backside of the peach? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the ass side of the peach. (laughs) James is led to the ass side of the peach by another crocodile tongue, and the boy digs in, getting that ooey-gooey peach juicy. Yum, yum. Since you can't stop at just one bite, he crawls into the peach and gets transformed into 100% pure stop-motion magic and stumbles into a small bug community thriving in the center of the peach. These buggers hatch a plan to get off the hill and make for New York City to fulfill James' dream of visiting the Big Apple in a big peach. After a musical (laughs) number in the peach core, Centipede pops out to chew off the stem of the peach, and they get rocking and rolling over the ant's car, down the hill, jump a church, and start floating west. I should say one thing. Mm -hmm. They originally wanted to do this whole movie in stop motion. But it was cheaper, yeah, uh, like more cost effective to do the live action scenes and then have when they enter the peach be the stop motion bits. I think that works better, too, because it kind of builds on like, is this fantasy? Is this Mm -hmm. actually happening? Because they do a fun thing in the story where they make it obviously not possible for Mm -hmm. like this magic and stuff to happen. But every character in the movie accepts that it's happening. So you don't actually know if it's real or not. So it's like it's kind of a fun take on that. Like the rhino. Did they actually get killed by a rhino? They yeah. just stay outside in a storm. Beats me, but it makes a fun story. <laughs> it does. To cut the travel time down, James comes up with a plan to capture some seagulls flying above them to use as propulsion, but gets interrupted by a mechanical shark. The team is able to destroy the mechanized apex hunter and take to the sky with some quick thinking by everyone involved. Yeah. Another stop motion marvel here. Mm-hmm. That water. What oh. the fuck? Oh, that's good. Oh, the, uh, the effort that had to I, go into that Jesus water. Jesus Christ. Some of these scenes, you just look at the screen and you think about how hard that would have been yeah. to do. And I just shudder. I know, right? Yeah. Like it's it's a completely different perspective watching this as an adult to a kid. Mm-hmm. Because as a kid, you're just kind of wrapped up in the magic and the story and whatever. Yeah. But as an adult, like especially you and I, people who know like stop motion, how much this like effort goes into it. You yeah. sit there and you look at it and you're like, the hours yes. that it would have taken to do just this one shot. Yeah. My goodness. Because there's so many little parts that move in the water. Yep. And like the, the swirling vortex and the mm-hmm. fish are jumping and the and sharks. The, doing yeah. The mechanical shark has so many moving pieces yeah. within it, like the mouth and, and, oh and the God. fins and the outside. My goodness. It's insane. Yep. Uh, sometime later, we see the peach crew getting struck with hunger, which is only solved at the last second when James points out they are surrounded by almost entirely nothing but sustenance since their entire ship is edible. See, I thought this was going to be a problem. That they were going to. Oh, I thought they were going to eat their their oh, whole vehicle. Out. I kind of thought they would too. Yeah, I thought that might be because every time they ate from the peach, they kind of showed it like making a hole in the outside. Mm-hmm. But I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. And also, ah, we'll get to it later. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Talking about airplane food. <laughs> uh, they sing, dance, eat, and drink, and then settle in for a nice snooze. While sleeping, James has a horrific nightmare where his animation style changes and he's now a caterpillar getting sprayed with pesticides by his evil aunts that turn into a rhino chasing him into a storm pipe. This movie has a lot of like classic like kid movie things where a lot of it is horrifying to children. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think it's just a thing with stop motion because yeah. like Coraline. You've seen Caroline? Also terrifying. Yeah, And like, yeah, just like something about it can be Mm off-putting, but also 
like really good. It's so good. I don't know. Especially when you, like, you can kind of appreciate it when you're older. Yeah. But when you're a kid, that's just mind-numbing terror on screen <laughs> that's going to haunt you for a while. Yep. God, I love that genre. If I ever have kids one day, I will make them watch this and I will point and I will laugh as they develop phobias and fears because of the, <laughs> the animation in this movie. When he wakes up, the nightmare continues when the intrepid centipede flies them straight to the north into the Arctic Circle. Desperate for a compass, Centipede dives into the icy waters to steal one from a wrecked ship underwater. James and Spider dive in after Centipede to give him a hand, which comes in clutch, as Centipede has woken a skeleton army after he removes the compass from the captain's corpse's clutch. With a little drama and suspense, the team's able to escape, and they plot an actual course for New York. I like the bit here where they just yank at the ch- at the the string mm-hmm. and all the seagulls icicles just completely fall off and they're like renewed yeah <laughs> i love how that's like well now that we're happy they can be warm again yeah it was our negative thoughts that were making them cold not like the temperature around us or anything so we can just shake those right out and also how long can seagulls fly for without getting tired or having to eat oh they would have died very quickly <laughs> first of all i don't think they could have pulled the weight of the peach i don't no. know how much the peach weighs maybe even if we give it the fact that they can probably pull the weight of the peach yeah. they're they're gonna die from exhaustion in hours <laughs> like it's not gonna be a multi-day trek to new york it's gonna be a couple meters down the water and then yeah. they sink again <laughs> I kind of thought they're just going to have the seagulls like pull it through the water or something, but they pick it up and fly it, which yeah. is probably a lot harder to do than just pull. It. Yeah. Hold on. I want to do some math here. So let's All take right. a break. Okay. So using the math uh-huh. that we just figured out, uh-huh. if the distance between England and New York is 3,399 miles, mm-hmm. we figured out that the seagulls average flight speed is 20 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Using that, it would have taken... 170 hours <laughs> divided by 24 is seven days. Yeah. So, so that it's, it's like, a week. It's a week flight. Uh huh. Those seagulls dead. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go that long without water. Also just the exhaustion of hauling the weight behind yeah. them. They're dead. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they're not meant to cross the Atlantic, oddly enough. So they're definitely going to fall <laughs> a couple hours, maybe at best into the water and then drown. Yep. And then they're paddling from there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue from that Anyways, tangent. Yeah, woo, yeah. Well, now we know. Another musical number flies us the rest of the way to our destination. But just as the New York skyline comes Wait. In, what's up? They went to the Arctic first. They did go to the Arctic first. Fuck, that puts a wrench in things. I'm, yeah, it's probably like. I'm hey. done with math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we don't know their actual flight yeah. path. They're dead. They the clearly, birds are yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, they're dead. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all we figured most. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they went straight there, birds dead. Birds dead. Yeah, but Anything they didn't. Anything past like two hours, birds dead. <laughs> but just as the New York skyline comes into sight, so does another cloud of rhinoceros. And he's mad. James uses the advice that his father gave him years ago that obviously didn't work for his dad since he was still killed by that rhino and looks at this tank of the animal world from a different way destroying the horned sky mammal he tells him he's not scared of him yeah. he's changed his perspective he's bigger than the rhino his dad I guess was just a weak ass bitch and died from the rhino I don't know see I thought this was going to be the moment where he realizes that the rhino is just a storm yeah because he kind of does kind of but I don't know if he does because the rhino just goes away. Yeah. Because he, like, I think the realization for him is that he doesn't have to be afraid of it. Yeah. And like, that's a fine realization. Mm-hmm. But like, when he said, look at it in a different way, I thought that 
maybe because they were looking at clouds earlier, mm-hmm. you know, clouds can be interpreted differently. Yeah. And because it is a cloud that the rhinoceros is emerging from, mm-hmm. if you look at it differently, maybe it doesn't look so scary. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be what that lesson was or that yeah. piece of information. But no, he just decides he's not scared of it. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, I, I guess <laughs> well, whatever. whatever then. Still going to cut your friends though. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it still was like, a corporeal being that was able to sever like the lines mm. to the seagulls and also kill his dad and mom. <laughs> yeah. But also if something murders your parents, I think you can be scared of it. Oh yeah. I for think sure. There's a case proof that this thing can fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. I would not go near a rhinoceros. No. If they kills. Oh God. Have you ever seen like the muscle structure of a rhinoceros? I saw a picture on the internet. No. They're tanks. <laughs> like everything you think might be like a little bit of flub, a little bit of chub. Yeah. Muscle. Oh These my things gosh. are huge. Same with hippos too. Same I'm with kind of scared yeah. of hippos. Those things are compact units. <laughs> God. However, in the great battle, the seagulls get cut from the peach, sending James friends flying through the air while James transforms back into a real boy. A real boy who was really stuck on top of the Empire State Building on his skewered peach. With the help of the biggest crane in New York, James gets brought down to New York street level, but reaching his destination doesn't mean much without his bug friends there to enjoy it. Back on solid ground, one smushed car rolls up to the scene of the giant peach, and out <laughs> pops Spiker and Sponge, ready to rumble. So I guess they just <laughs> drove across the Atlantic? I was just going to say, how the fuck did they get here? <laughs> And also at approximately slower than 20 miles an hour because we've we've uh, reasoned out that the seagulls traveled that at best mm. and still have to do a little loop-de-loop to the Arctic. Yep. So these guys just slowly puttered because they were behind by like 20 minutes, yeah. maybe. If they took a ferry, they would have been there before James was, but Easily. they might have just been following them. Maybe. So did they go to the Arctic with them? Maybe. Those people are dead. <laughs> Forget the seagulls. The, they were the driving underwater yeah. from England to the Arctic and then back to New York. Yeah. Uh, their Deceased. car is dead too. Deceased. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone is dead, especially James. He definitely oh died God. flying over the Arctic. It must have been so cold in the air because the air temperature is colder than ground temperature. Yeah. So he's he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. That's They're a frozen dead. beach. That's a frozen beach right there. <laughs> that is saved for later. Uh, the two ants tried to take James back home with them. But after a rousing story of how James flew the peach here, aided by 100 seagulls and his bug friends, Spiker and Sponge are left with no alternative but to murder him with axes. That is plan B. They just <laughs> In front of police. In front of everyone. They're like, yeah. oh, well, we can't reason with the boy. Let's chop him up then. Chop, chop. Cheerio. Uh, luckily, his friends drop in from the sky before he gets lumberjacked and help James lasso his wicked ants up, freeing him forever. The kids of New York are invited to eat the giant peach. And our heroes live happily ever after in the hollowed out pit. The end. That was where I was going to interrupt earlier. Were they living in the pit before? Because it looked like that was growing and expanding as they ate it out. Yeah. So where was the pit? I don't think the pit was ever like shown, but like they were hanging out in the middle of the peach in a large hollowed out section. It should have been there. Should have been there. Yeah, it wasn't there. And now they're living in the hollowed out pit. Yeah, which looks a lot smaller than their area was in the yeah. beach. It looks kind of cramped in there, not going to lie. Because like, They don't show the so. inside, but they show the outside and people sitting around it. And it kind of yeah. looks like one person could fit there okay. Mm-hmm. Like that could be a New York bachelor. Yeah. But like how many bugs? Like six bugs? Yeah. Like ladybug, Earthworm, spider. Ladybug, spider, yeah. centipede. Uh-huh. Uh, the fly, firefly. Yeah. I think that's it. Five. 
Five bucks. Yeah. Still. And James, that's not going to fit. Nah. No. Let's get shrunk back down. Also, this was another area where like, obviously I, I said I hadn't seen this movie in a while. Mm-hmm. I thought the bugs were going to go back to being normal bugs. Me too. Instead of actually coming in as horrifyingly large centipede spiders. Yeah. Uh, earthworms and ladybugs <laughs> and just like waving yeah. at human like children. That wouldn't have been horrifying. That would have been a nightmare. If you ever look at like a close up picture of a bug, mm. terrifying. They look <laughs> yeah. like xenomorph warriors here to kill us. If I saw like a giant bug mm-hmm. of that size, I would just drop from a heart attack immediately because <laughs> it's the easier way to go. I'm not sitting around and getting my face chomped by a giant centipede. I'm taking myself out. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. And so like I thought that they were going to like float in and they would just like they would land on his shoulder and he'd be like, my friends. Yeah. And then he would get like the strength to stand up to his aunt spider and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he would go to, you know, the American orphanage and live happily ever after in the Empire State Building. Yeah. But yeah, it went, ended in a diff, totally different way. This, might, different ha- way. this might be how it ends in the book, but I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like the ants had something awakening in them when they got wrapped up by the spider web. Like they were like, maybe they're enjoying that. <laughs> maybe like being, maybe it was a little bit. I don't know if they were enjoying it because they were completely sealed over on their yeah. face. So they were probably suffocating mm-hmm. and probably died on the way to prison. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Who cares? They suck. Yeah. They're mean old hags. A lot, James of, a, a lot of death if you look into the intricacies of this movie. Very few survivors. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. No one who is alive at the end of the movie should have been. Yeah. The only people who died and shouldn't have are his parents because the rhino wasn't really real. And if you just weren't scared of it, you lived. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they were just giant wuss bags because they got killed by the thing made of their own fear. Wow. Yeah. Really makes you think. <laughs> I hope we all learned a lesson from this. <laughs> if you were in the African savanna and you see a rhino, <laughs> tell him you're not scared. You'll win. <laughs> look at it differently. Yeah, look at look at it Turn from upside down on top of his horn as you're impaled to death. <laughs> Bend over and look between your legs. As the camera <laughs> <laughs> Shake back and week in a bit that'll make a lot more sense (laughs) Uh, but that's the story of james and his giant peach big ass peach he's got a big peach (laughs) yeah it's a good movie what can you say it's a really good kids movie like i think that is like a solid keep that in the lineup to show kids for a long time because it's like Mm -hmm. it's a fun art style it's a little scary which is kind of funny yeah but yeah it tells a fun story james is like he has a good like character arc he becomes the hero of the story, which is really empowering. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a good movie. It's 79 minutes. Yeah. Even I have an attention span for that. (laughs) If I do, kids do. Yeah. I did kind of find him annoying at the end where he was like, everyone listen, listen to me. You have to listen. (laughs) I was like, oh, just fucking say your piece and let's (laughs) get on with it. You have the floor, sir. Yeah. You don't need to do more crowd work. (laughs) I don't think this needed to be longer than 79 minutes. No. Like, I, I don't think there was anywhere else you could have added because I could, I, I would have probably lost a little bit of interest near the end. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like as it is in this like tight little package, it's, uh, it's good. It's yeah. tight. Yeah. yeah. It's solid. And it's just, it's a, it's such a pretty movie. Oh yeah. I like the songs. I like the art style. When they had the musical numbers in the stop motion, it was just mm-hmm. like really good to watch. It was just sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the grasshopper uh, claims that the centipede committed pesticide. Yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> he committed pesticide. Um, what did you think of uh, the child actor whose name I already forgot? Oh, um, Paul Terry. Paul Terry. How did you like him as James? It was good. 
he was pretty good. Yeah. And he was a good voice actor. He like, was actually a really good voice actor. I yeah. think that might have been his strength more so than his acting, but it was still mm. fine. Like as far as kid acting goes, no complaints. Yeah. But the voice acting was really good. He yeah. makes a very good James. Yeah. And he was a good singer too. Like yeah, he, he, was. he really uh, had it in him. Mm-hmm. Again, they asked a lot out of him as a singer, but oh, he yeah. held up. It was good. Well, do you have anything else to say about it? Or you want to get into the reviews? Oh, uh, let's hit some reviewies. All right. Well, what do you think the critical score was for critics and audiences? I am going to say uh, critics in like the 75 area, um, audiences in like the 80 area. Wow. You have never been more wrong. Oh, God. No. <laughs> oh, no. Critics, we're at a 91%. Okay, good. That's fine. I'm happy to be wrong in that direction. Audiences. 65%. I hate you. Tomatoes. I hate when I agree <laughs> with the critics more than the audience. <laughs> yeah. IMDb 6.7 and Metacritic 78. So it looks like overall critics seem to like this movie more than the audiences do. I get it because the audiences were wrong. So that makes sense to me. <laughs> That's weird because it's just like a pretty light movie. Like there's nothing yeah. in this to really bother the average person from my perspective at least that might have been where people like like where it was lost on them because mm-hmm. it's like like it's a it's a nice movie it's like heartfelt and it's mm-hmm. really easy to watch yeah but there's maybe not as much as something like nightmare before christmas that's, that's true like yeah. came before this and is i think the same director but definitely the same kind of mm-hmm. team that uh put this together did that one yeah, and maybe it's too kid movie, not enough adult movie. So like yeah. the average audience person might not like connect to it as much because it's not like for that age demographic. For sure. But who knows? On a budget of $38 million. Mm-hmm. Quite high, but you know. But a lot, of, a lot of hours goes into that. So yeah. that kind of makes sense. And I saw a, like different numbers around, but the one on the numbers, which is a set I usually go to, said that the box office return was only $28.9 million. Ooh, yeah. It kind of sucks that this movie lost money. Yeah, yeah. But that goes back to what I was saying earlier. That like, like Something about stop motion movies. Yeah. They just don't make the money at the box office. And they're coming from like a pretty widely known source material too. Like that yeah. should have done pretty well. Should have. Yeah. That's Which a shame. Landed it at 69th of the year. Of the 69th Academy Awards. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> What would you score this movie? Let's start off with your enjoyment. Um, the enjoyment. I mean, like, I had a, I had a good time watching this. Yeah, I would put this at like probably a three point five enjoyment. It was just light breezy. It was no complaints. 3. I think 5. that's where I'm landing at it too, like yeah. three point five, because it's like I, I thought about having it at three, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's higher than that. I think it's three point five. Yeah. I agree with that. What would you give this for the craft? Yeah, this is where it's excelled. Like oh, it, it yeah. like you have to give it props for that stop motion. Um, the like live action scenes were like decent too. So mm-hmm. like I think I'm gonna give it like a four. That's what I was thinking too. Hell yeah, because like they build a really cool set they when do, they're yeah. at the ants place. I really like that. They make such a charming little New York yeah. where they play up that like it's a miniature version of New York, but it's just so cute. It's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I really like the scenes that they've built and like the stop motion so good as well. That it's just a really pretty movie. It is. Execution. Um, yeah, I think the voice acting is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's over the top. Yeah. I think some of the writing is it's it's good. Like we said, it's it's a good movie. But I think there's some areas where it could have been a little bit yeah. better or, or like there. I kept bringing up these like moments where I thought it was going to be one thing or thought it was going to be more impactful in an area, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And so I think I'm going to go three, like a little bit lower on that one, but that's fair. Overall, pretty good. 
I'm thinking 3.5 for this one. Like, I agree. I think it doesn't really like, it doesn't decide on a couple things. Yeah. Like it leaves some questions, but I also feel like, you know, it's a kid's movie. So I'm willing to forgive, like, especially anything in the script because it's a kid's movie. I'm mm. not going to like have huge issues with it, but I think that, yeah, like the voice acting was really good. And the story that they're trying to tell comes across really well in a really sweet manner. So yeah. I'm 3.5 in that baby. And you're like, you, you want to stay close to the book. Yeah. And I think this is probably the closest to the book that a movie of this book will ever get. Oh, absolutely. If we yeah. ever get another movie of this movie mm-hmm. or of this book, which yeah. actually, I actually have a, something about that, but we'll get there. Uh, rewatchability. What are we thinking? Um, oh, I usually rewatch. This is a four for me. Like, I'd be yeah. happy to watch this one again. I'm not clamoring to. Mm-hmm. I did happily watch it twice in preparation for yeah. the episode. No regrets with that. I will probably watch this again, especially because it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's so accessible. Yeah. What are you I have putting it this on at? a shelf here. So oh, hey. very accessible. <laughs> um, I think I'm just gonna go three again. Because mm-hmm. like I I I I can't imagine like really rushing out to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other stop motion movies that I'd probably watch before I would watch this one again. That's fair. But it is still good and I would probably I will probably rewatch it at some point. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. That's pretty safe. I think there's like a high rewatchability factor from like, if you have kids, I'm showing them this movie. Yeah. But that's also a strange thing to factor into this one. But I'm sticking with that form for you. All right. Score 10. Kyle, you have given this a 13.5 out of 20 for a 68%. I have given this a 15 out of 20 for a 75%. So. I feel like 70 is a better number from for like my view on it. Mm-hmm. I guess if you round up, that's probably the closest I'll get to 70. Yeah, it's, that's pretty close. But like, yeah, because yeah, this is, I feel like this is like a seven, 7.5 kind of movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Cool. Kyle, ranking time. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Um, do you want me to give you the full list? Give me the full thing. All right. Top to bottom. Fargo, Bound, Scream, Swingers, Jerry Maguire, Independence Day, Mission Impossible, Secrets and Lies, Bottle Rocket, Train Spotting, The Rock, The Birdcage, Twister, Primal Fear, The People vs. Larry Flint, Shine, A Time to Kill, Breaking the Waves, Lone Star, Happy Gilmore, Sling Blade, Marvin's Room. Oh boy. This is kind of tough because it's so different than the other movies. It is, yeah. I actually, like, even as you were saying that, I knew I had to pull this list up myself just to, like, actually have a look at it mm-hmm. because. We're at the point now where we have so many movies in here. Yeah, it can fit into a lot of different places. Yeah. And it's hard to remember the exact thing just from me reading it out loud. Mm. I think... Fuck. It's hard to say. Hey? I have my ranking ready. Do you want me sure, to drop mine in while ranking, you think? Yeah. Right. So I'm just going to give the top 10 because this will be my new number 10. Oh, But right now it is Bound, Fargo, Scream, Swingers, Lone Star, Independence Day, Secrets and Lies, Jerry Maguire, Mission Impossible, and The Rock was the previous number 10. This is the new number 10. James and the Giants. Nice. It's just such an agreeable movie that like, yeah. I, I think Mission Impossible is like a better movie. Right. But like, it's just so hard to, to do wrong with James and the Giant Peach. It's funny you say The Rock because I'm literally at the, like in my 11 and 12 spot between The Rock and The Birdcage. And I can't decide if I liked it more than the birdcage or just slightly less than the birdcage. Mm-hmm. I think I'm leaning to more, yeah, which would put it at my new number 12 spot, just above the birdcage, but below the rock. New number 10 and new number 12. Again, makes sense. I was a little bit higher than you mm-hmm. in the, the ranking or the rating and yeah. a little higher in the ranking. That makes sense. Cool. 
Holy shit. I was like thinking about it this week that like we're so close to the end. We have one, no, two more movies to put in. Tech, yeah, two. Yeah. One more potential snub and then. And then the dub. The dub. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. That is kind of crazy. That's, we're so close. It's been, this has been such a, it's, it's been almost half a year of doing this. Yeah. Almost six months of 1996. Crazy. I know this movie, like this year movie, better than any other year I, know. I will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we get into more seasons. We'll get more, we'll get, we'll get closer, we'll, yeah. You know, shit. We're getting sentimental already, but we got to save that for the finale. So <laughs> let's do more episodes of doing that. <laughs> let's move on to the fun letterbox reviews. I have three, each at different stages of the ratings. I got a four star by Mellow Makes. Remember, be nice to every spider you meet because one of them could be a hot goth girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it. I kind of like that like centipede and the spider. They got like a little something going, something on. going on. They never quite, never quite dabble, never quite no. entertain it, but you know, there's seeds there mm-hmm. and they're probably going to end up getting together yeah. in James and the giant <laughs> peach too. Oh, you, you, the earthworm. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Thwillis. Thwillis. Oh yeah. He was in Harry Potter. He was a professor Lupin. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either oh, until well. I was looking at the cast. But uh, and like you wouldn't know that from his voice because no, he does this very like kind of quiet, yeah, anxious thing. Yeah, earthworm thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, oh, that's the cool. guy. Yeah, damn, yeah, he did really good in that. He did. I got a three star by Kev. Made the mistake of not watching this as a child, as intended. Well, I don't. I don't think that's your fault, Kev. <laughs> I think. When you're that age, your parents are probably more in charge of movie selection yeah. and probably would know more about the movie. But I understand where you're coming from. This would have been great to watch as like a wee little kid. Mm-hmm. Lastly, half a star by Grace. I would rather eat cat food. <laughs> she really hated this. Wow. Okay. Huh. <laughs> I mean, unless she really likes cat food, but she, <laughs> I would rather eat cat food. Four stars. <laughs> I love cat food. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll get into the awards details. Do you think this was nominated for any Academy Awards? Did they have? No, they didn't have anything specific for animated movies yet. Not right? yet, no. I'm going to assume that they didn't then. Maybe adapted? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to assume there's nothing. There is one. Oh. It's not adapted. It's Best Music, Original Musical, or Comedy Score oh. by Randy Newman. That makes sense. I really, yeah. the, the music numbers were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That is actually, I'm glad that it had that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It did not win though. No. That's it was okay. nominated. Just to get nominated, it's nice. Yeah. Really. It's an honor just to be there. However, there were other animation awards that were going on, uh, notably the Annie Awards. It was nominated for Best Animated Feature, Best Individual Achievement in Music, Best Individual Achievement in Producing for Tim Burton, Best Individual Achievement in Writing, Best Individual Achievement in Voice Acting for Richard Dreyfus, Best Individual Achievement for Storyboarding, and Best Individual Achievement for Directing for Henry Selleck. It didn't win any of them. Damn, that is a long list of nominations, yeah. though. Was there like any one movie that cleaned up on top of that? Or I, sh- I think I tried to look, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. It might have just Let been like just a point. series of other movies being slightly better or something. Fuck, I really want to know now. Oh, Where? Toy Story came out this year. No, it didn't. No way. Yeah, it, uh, Toy Story won Best Animated Feature uh, on t- ahead of James and Jan Peach. This might be that a weird make sense. year thing. Hold on. Oh, it is a weird year thing. It probably is a weird year thing. Because Toy Story came out in 95. I had a panic attack there because I was like, did we skip Toy Story? <laughs> did we miss Toy Story? But no, it no. came out in 95. 
So maybe, yeah, maybe there's a weird year thing going on. So yeah, you were right. Toy Story must have cleared up. Yeah, oh, it's a lot of Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's why. Toy Story came and took everything from James and the Giant Peach. Rough. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can lose to worse movies. Win some, lose some. Yeah. It also was a nominee at the Saturn Awards for Best Fantasy Film. That yeah. was it. Didn't win that. So not well, a lot of wins. No, a lot of nominations, though. I mean, that's yeah. at least something. Do you want to hear some interesting facts? God, I'd love to. <laughs> okay. This film took 12 years to reach the screen. Oh, wow. Roald Dahl himself was convinced that the property could never make a viable film. Roald Dahl, you idiot. <laughs> God, you're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you and your incredible children's literature. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you blind fool. You didn't see the movie potential of your own book. God, go read one. So we both kind of said that the child actor was very good. Mm-hmm. This is Paul Terry's only film. Wow. His only one. That's crazy. Yeah. That, you know, when you're James, you're done. You get one James, you finish. <laughs> When Centipede opens the door to Pirate Captain's quarters, he exclaims, a skeleton? The puppet head that was used for the captain was actually the same as Jack Skellington's from the night year before Christmas. I thought so. Yeah. Did not follow up with that in any research. <laughs> like, oh, Skellington. Oh, that's Jack. Cool. When the Centipede discovers a compass, he also says jackpot. So, Oh, that's right. kind of cute. Yep. Yep. Sam Mendes director of American Beauty, wrote Partition, James Bond's Skyfall, Ooh. and Spectre, and also 2019's 1917, was attached to direct a live-action remake Damn. of James and the Giant Peach. However, it has fell through. There's actually been no word on this remake since 2019. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it sounded like there was going to be some stuff happening mm-hmm. with a very acclaimed director. Yeah. Who but, has a long history of successes with James. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, who knows? Yeah. Would you like to see a live action remake of this movie? Sure. I'm not going to run out to see it, but if a remake goes out and it gets good reviews, I'll be right there. Yeah. But I'm not going to go opening night. I'm probably going to have something better to do. Yeah, I think I'm going to show hesitancy depending on who's attached because if it was was him, if it was Sam Mendes, Mm -hmm. I'd have been interested. Yes, definitely. However, if it's all live action, I think I'm going to be weak. It's going to be weird because we already talked about how the bugs, if they were to be blown up and be real bugs, that would look horrifying. Yeah. How do you make them look like realistic enough that it's not weird? But also not so realistic that it's creepy scary. Yeah. That's a tough line to cross. Mm-hmm. Maybe Roald Dahl meant to say, I don't know if this book will ever be a live action movie. Because that's a question mark. Maybe uh, that that's is what a was going mark. on there. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if they did the same thing as this movie, but they I would assume that they do 3D animation instead of like um stop motion. Stop motion. Yeah. Um that could be interesting but maybe they turn into 3d characters still in the real world i don't i don't know maybe yeah that there's probably a way to do it probably i hope maybe they go like remember like detective pikachu style mixture of animation Mm -hmm. and real world yeah but that was meant to be all real world yeah but maybe they kind of go that way where they go like kind of cutesy cute character yeah Yeah, they would probably have to because otherwise the insects would be horrifying they'd be just monsters yeah yeah and they're gonna have to make the spider hot 
<laughs> oh, this spider's going to be so fuckable. This spider's going to awaken so many people. It, there's like furries will die out the second and it's all arachnies <laughs> or something. <laughs> Arachnophobes just lining up the streets. Disgusting blasting rope. Oh, fuck. Blasting <laughs> <laughs> okay well any final thoughts on james and the giant peach um it's cute it's good it's if fun. you have a child consider showing this to them sure. if you don't have a child consider watching it sure yeah why not 79 minutes that's a good use of your Can't time go wrong Man. you're starting in friendly territory <laughs> how about you Colin? any last thoughts no nah, that kind of wraps it up for me um yeah uh, this is like it's just a pleasant movie i don't yeah. know how much i don't like there's nothing i could really shit on it Beyond like the sort of areas that maybe I thought that they could go. Yeah. Where they didn't. And maybe that's just my idea of a different movie and mm-hmm. not theirs. But that's not to say that this is a bad movie because they made those decisions. Yeah. And yeah, that's just on me. So, uh, but I still really enjoy it. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys all for listening to season one, episode 23 of Snubs and Dubs. As always, you can find us everywhere on social media at Snubs and Dubs. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Letterboxd, etc. We're also on Good Pods, so make sure to check us out there and join our official Discord. We would love to hear your guys' thoughts on James and the Giant Peach and on this episode, so please send us a tweet or a message with a question, recommendation, or anything else. I'm also at Kyle Tobias on Twitter, and Jason is at Wendy underscore Mills. Of course, all those links are going to be in our show notes. Make sure to leave a five-star review and share the show. Then check back next week for another episode. Here's a sneak peek of the film we're going to talk about. We bow in unison and we're off the stage before the applause dies out, right? You have your pick? Right here. All right. Keep these with you. Put them on, put them on, put them on. There you go. You guys look great in red. Have I told you that yet? Let's give a big welcome to the latest addition to the Big Zero Galaxy. Go, 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 Doing that thing they do. That's right. Next episode, we're talking about that thing you do. No, not you, listener. (laughs) (laughs) The movie. Uh, So make sure to watch it before next episode. It's on Disney+. Plus. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. Bye-bye. Bye for now.